Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Today, I have Jesse Lockhart. Jesse, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely thrilled. This is going to be a great show. And uh, why don't we start off the podcast, how I always started off, with a brief description or a detailed description of who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Yeah, so uh, my name is Jesse Lockhart. I am a a holistic fitness coach, and I'll explain a little bit what that means here in a minute. But previous to being a fitness coach, I actually was a real estate agent for two years. I still have my real estate license. I'm actually going to renew next spring as well. But I um, got my real estate license in 2019, really struggled that year to make an income. And then I proceeded to have back-to-back six-figure years as a solo agent um, in 2020 and in 2021, realized that that wasn't really my passion anymore. And I had recently gone through a physical and mental transformation and realized that my passion lied in fitness. And so I made the decision earlier this year in 2022 to um, kind of fade out of the real estate industry and step into the fitness industry as a personal trainer, but bringing in a more holistic approach to the personal training world. Um, I specifically work with entrepreneurial and high achieving women, especially like, you know, a lot of my clients right now are real estate agents. I've lived that life. I know what that's like. And so being able to resonate with that just gives me, you know, the ability to really understand where my clients are right now and kind of help them and things like that. So I, like I said, work with mostly, um, entrepreneurial and high achieving women, I help them make themselves and their health a priority by combining holistic principles with strength training so that they can transform their mind, body, and their business. That's fantastic. Now, I remember the uh, kind of connection we had, which is uh, <laughs> I'm a real estate agent currently. <laughs> yes. uh, or at least it's one of my businesses. Now, it's it's interesting how you got into that. You get, uh, you, you know, you're in a normal story in the way that uh, you become successful and then decide to leave. So mm-hmm. usually people leave because they don't do well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, at least in the beginning, right? Like if you were 10 years and left, I'd have a different comment. Yeah. But, uh, usually someone leaves within the first two years only because they're doing badly and you uh-huh. happen to uh, just learn more about yourself. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, what made you get into the real estate to begin with? So I had always had a knack for the entrepreneurial life, um, going through college and then getting my first, you know, full-time job outside of college. It was a nine to five working 40 hours a week at a utility billing company, which was super glamorous, not really, but, um, (laughs) um, I just in that job, realized that the nine to five world was not for me. I desired a lot more out of life. I didn't want to punch a clock consistently. I didn't want a ceiling on how much money I could make. Um, I, I basically learned in that job that I could complete all of the work that was required of me and do it well in about half the time. And so I was spending 20 hours of my week just sitting at my desk trying to pass the time. And yeah, that's just not what I, not what I wanted. So um, eventually I found my way into the property management industry as both an assistant manager and then eventually a leasing agent. 
Um, also during that time period, my husband and I moved from Northern Utah to um, Phoenix, Arizona. And so I was a leasing agent here in Phoenix, Arizona. I had a, a one hour plus commute both ways. And I just didn't love that job either. Still kind of in the nine to five. And I was looking for something different and I had a few different bullet points, um, a checklist, if you will, of what I was looking for in another career. I wanted a flexible schedule, wanted to be able to kind of make my own hours. I wanted to be able to make as much money as I could, as long as I knew that I would have to obviously work for it. And I wanted to be able to help people in some capacity. And so at the time, my husband and I had just bought our first house. And while our realtor got us from point A to point B, got us into our house, there was very little actual education that went on during that process. It was just here, take this money here, be here to sign on this day. Here's the inspector. You need to pay him. Like it was just do this. And there was little to no explanation for it. And I'm not you know, upset the, uh, at our realtor for that. It, it was just something that I had noticed. She obviously got us into the house. The seller paid all our closing costs. You know, she did her job. Um, but I realized there was a lot missing. And so I basically had an opportunity to quit my job as a full-time leasing agent and dive headfirst into the real estate industry. I went to real estate school, got my license in about a month. And then I joined a team and they were very um, traditional marketing in the real estate world. Um, cold calling, having you know in-person consults, open houses, all of that kind of stuff, door knocking. And I quickly realized that again, that was not really what I wanted to do. I had previously, you know, utilized social media for some other side hustles. And so I thought, well, I'd like to use, you know, social media to build a real estate business. And like I mentioned, kind of in, when I was introducing myself, 2019 was a very difficult year for me in real estate because uh, I, I kind of bring it back to three different reasons. Number one is we had just moved to Utah or excuse me, moved from Utah to Arizona. We had no network. Um, so I basically had to create all of that from scratch. We didn't know anybody when we moved here. We left all of our family behind. So that was a big thing. Obviously in real estate, it's a very localized industry. So it's about who you know that's either moving to the area or already lives there. Um, the second thing was my mindset was not in the right place. I had a really hard time uh, believing in myself, especially after repeated months of not being able to find clients, get things under contract or anything like that. Just that all piled up. And then the third thing was I didn't believe that I was surrounded by the right people. That first team that I joined, like I said, they had success and there were agents that were doing really well with the cold calling and, and door knocking and things like that. But again, that wasn't what I wanted to build my business on. So it, it just wasn't the right fit for me. So fast forward towards the end of um, 2019, I decided to switch brokerages, become a solo agent, and I would just hire a mentor to get me through my first three transactions um, just to give me a feel for, okay, paperwork and, and all of that stuff. I felt like I could, you know, kind of BS my way through that with a mentor for those first three transactions. And then um, at the beginning of 2020 is when I actually found my uh, mentor and later on business partner, Stephanie Mainville, who 
um, was creating a team. She had built this business. She had built a, you know, a successful real estate business using social media. And so I knew I wanted to partner up with her. And then coming into 2020, there were a lot of things that, that kind of happened in my favor. I got on TikTok really early on and was able to create educational content for my ideal client, which were first time home buyers. Um, and really just kind of gained a lot of momentum and was able to make six figures in seven months in 2020. It was a, a whirlwind for sure. And then I was able to surpass that uh, in 2021, also kind of still utilizing social media, just really honing in on my ideal client and using social media to get in touch with them. Yeah, that is uh, unique, definitely. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> Yeah, and and, I'm, and it's so discouraging the, the way you started and how things went. Mm -hmm. I I would be completely discouraged on that. Like I remember, yeah, I remember when I first got into it. Uh, the office said the same thing: you got to start cold calling. And I literally, I swear, I replied with, "If I have to cold call, I quit before I even start." Mm -hmm. I guess that's just so 1980. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not gonna say it doesn't work. But mm -hmm. I don't think that you're maximizing your time by doing that. Yeah. So, and I, let's be honest. I mean, as as a society, as, as human beings, we have come to learn that the one valuable resource we have that we can never get back is time. Mm -hmm. Now that we've become aware of that, I don't think I know very many people that are willing to give that up for yeah. uh, such trivial things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's just my opinion. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were a lot of reasons why it, cold calling just didn't resonate with me. Um, I, I feel like in real estate all the time, people talk about how it's a relationship business. It's all about who you know and the relationships you have. And while some people are really skilled at being able to build relationships in two to three minutes on the phone, that wasn't how I wanted to build those relationships. And so that's why it was really fun for me to utilize social media and build relationships through those platforms and, you know, ultimately attract my ideal clients to me without really having to go out and, you know, chase after them. People were coming to me because I had built relationships with them. I had set myself apart as an authority figure in that industry. And so it was really, um, you know, really easy for people to just reach out to me in that way. Absolutely. Now, once you realized real estate wasn't for you and you figured out that fitness was more of where you wanted to go, mm -hmm. was it an easy leap or were you, was there any hesitation, any kind of fear? There was definitely a lot of back and forth. I feel like kind of embedded in my real estate journey, like my fitness journey was embedded into my real estate journey as well. Um, during 2020 with the pandemic and everything that was going on, I feel like health became at, at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. And so it, it was no different for me. Like I started thinking about my health and how could I naturally boost my immune system and, and all of that stuff just brought forth, was brought forth, uh, into my mind. And then, um, in late 2020, I had some lab testing done had realized a lot of stuff about my health and kind of realized I maybe wasn't as like healthy as I thought I was and had to really make some lifestyle changes in order to just improve my overall quality of health. 
So 2021 was a really big year where I had to make a lot of these uh, big lifestyle changes in what I was eating, the products I was using, uh, stuff that I had in my home, different things like that. And um, in uh, the second half of 2021, I actually decided to compete in a bodybuilding show. Uh, I needed some purpose outside of the, or needed some purpose inside of the gym other than just like going to the gym. I wanted kind of something to kind of motivate me. So I decided to do a bodybuilding experience. And through that experience, I really learned how to prioritize my health because on a very strict regimen like that, you have to figure out how to get to the gym. You have to figure out how to prep your meals or just have healthy food, you know, because if you're, if you're wanting to do well at your show, you have no other choice. And so that experience really thrust me into the fitness world beyond what I had already kind of dabbled into before that. And it was during that experience as well as after that I started to realize that I had this huge passion for not only everything that I was learning about like holistic health and um, stuff like that, but as well as strength training and all of that, I, I realized that I had uh, you know, passion towards that. And I loved getting to share that with my audience, again, bringing them through that journey on social media. And, you know, I had a handful of people who would be, who had mentioned to me, if you ever become a trainer, you like should train me, like I would hire you to be my trainer. And so those little seeds were planted kind of, um, you know, in late 2021. And then coming into 2022, I, you know, I wanted to do really well in real estate. Real estate was still my main goal. I wanted to um, still do well in sales, but I also wanted to help build build out our team and kind of start mentoring agents a little bit more, teaching them how to use social media. Um, but really, what was the catalyst for me was when clients would reach out to me to do simple things that were part of my job description. They would send me a link to a house, you know, from the MLS and say, hey, can we go check out this house, um, you know, or, or whatever. They would just send me simple things like that. I almost had just like massive amounts of dread or I, I don't want to say resentment because I obviously love my clients, but it was just like, yikes, I don't want to do that at all. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun to me. I know I don't want to go show you a house on a Saturday that's, you know, 40 minutes away from me. Um, and I, I really realized that like, number one, my clients, clients deserved so much better than that. They deserve someone who was excited to go show them homes. And second, I just realized that, you know, maybe real estate wasn't what I was supposed to be doing because I kept feeling that gnawing feeling to maybe take the take the plunge and and dive into the fitness industry and one thing about me is i'm a like i don't transition i leap off the cliff i'm a cliff diver 100 it drives my husband crazy because he is not that way <laughs> um but i 100 like am an all-in type of person and so um, I, I mean, I really did wrestle with the decision. Do I step away from real estate and, you know, dive into fitness head first? Like, what would that look like? Um, you know, I really did struggle with it. And at the time, as a real estate agent, not only did I have a, you know, pretty successful real estate business, but 
I also had partnered up with my mentor who I mentioned earlier. We had a top 25 rated uh, marketing podcast. Um, we were consistently in that top 25 Apple ranking or, or whatever it was. And we were teaching, you know, social media marketing principles to real estate agents specifically. And so we had a really successful podcast. We were building out a team together. We had all of these, you know, aspirations that we wanted to achieve together as business partners. But, you know, I knew that stepping into the fitness world would make me have to step away from all of that because I don't believe in half-assing two things either. And I didn't want to keep her hanging and I didn't, I wanted to give myself fully to the fitness industry if that's what I was going to do. So I had to have a, you know, a difficult conversation with her where I said, look, I love what we've built together, but this is where I'm feeling called and I feel like I have to step away. So it was a lot of, you know, difficult decisions, but at the end of the day, as soon as I had those tough conversations and fully made the decisions to step into the fitness industry, I felt way more aligned in my work and had a lot of relief taken off of my shoulders uh, in the real estate world. Like I could finally just, you know, fully step away from that and devote all of my time and energy into growing my fitness business. Yeah, you know what? It's uh, sad to say this, but as I was listening to you, I'm finding a lot of things that I'm resonating with mm -hmm. and in a way that is kind of scary. Mm -hmm. um, like, look, I'm building a team, but my objective to build my team, I mean, yes, I want to grow, let's be honest, right? But, but my main objective is I was in the same boat. I don't want to show homes. I have no interest in showing homes. One of my goals in 2023 is to never show a home again. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I want to build a team and want to get a buyer's agent. Now, I love the real estate industry. The question isn't whether I love the industry or not. The question is, am I in the right spot in that industry? Mm -hmm. Because there's many ways you can participate in the industry without being in the one spot. Yeah. Right. So it's again, an investor is a part of the business. You own right. Properties. That's still part of the real estate business. That yeah. doesn't necessarily mean you need to be an agent. Maybe I like listings and I don't like a buyer side. So there's still an opportunity. Again, mm -hmm. that's just my own journey. But going yeah. back to your journey, you made the conversion, you got into fitness. Now, what is the, like, Explain what a holistic thing is. I mean, because I, you know, I understand, you know, the whole fitness thing. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the difference is just between going to a gym and what this holistic thing is. So, you know, I was going to say pretend that I'm a dummy, but when it comes to this, I am a dummy. So <laughs> let me know what that is. <laughs> yeah. So basically the way I see it, let me kind of explain what I feel like the personal training industry looks like right now. And then I can explain how I um, saw the gap and, and wanted to fill it. So going through my own bodybuilding journey and, and through that experience, I hired a trainer to help me through that experience. And, um, there, I'm absolutely throwing no shade, no, you know, no bad words about the trainer that I worked with. Um, she was great and she got me from point A to point B and I'm really grateful for that. Um, but through that experience, um, I on my own was going through like the holistic side of things. I had, gotten my hormones tested. I had realized I had some thyroid issues I had to solve. I had dysfunctional gut and I didn't want to go on a bunch of medications to fix this. I wanted more naturally occurring remedies. So I was going through that process on my own and then going through 
you know, the strength programs, the macro counting and stuff with my trainer. So what I came to realize was, um, so again, in the personal training industry, the way I see it, they really only work with maybe two to three variables within a person's health. Uh, a lot of a lot of coaches will try and focus on mindset because when it comes to losing weight, building muscle, changing your lifestyle, like that takes a lot of mindset work. And if you're not in a growth mindset, then it's going to be really hard for you to change, to you know adopt new habits and stuff like that. So mindset is a big part of it. And some coaches do focus on that. But the other two variables that people tend to only work with are, um, macros or calories. So macro counting is tracking your protein, fat, and carbohydrate intake each day. Um, coaches will alter those based on your goals or they'll set them based on your goals. So they focus on kind of this overarching idea of nutrition this by this macro counting. And then the other variable they have to work with is exercise. So what kind of exercise are you doing? How often are you doing it? How long are you doing it for? And those are really the only, you know, two to three variables that they can adjust for. And to their credit, um, you know, most personal training certifications only talk about those kinds of things. But as I was going through my own journey, concurrently with working with a personal trainer, I realized how important your hormone balance is when it comes to losing weight, burning fat, building muscle, um, having the energy to even go to the gym is a big thing. Um, you know, how I, I learned how important hormones were to overall health and wellness and how having zero energy can really impact you not wanting to go to the gym whatsoever or get any type of movement whatsoever. But nobody was talking about that. And the same thing goes for gut health, which has become a really big topic in the health industry over the last handful of years. If you have a dysfunctional gut, that impacts not only your hormones, it impacts your sleep, it impacts your, um, you know, just so much of of your health. Like our gut literally is connected to so many different systems within our body. So if our gut is dysfunctional, then there's more likely, you're more likely to have dysfunction in other systems of the body as well. And again, no one in the personal training industry is talking about those kinds of things. Um, in fact, most trainers or, you know, fitness influencers, if you will, are pushing um, and repping for brands, companies, and trying to sell products to their clients or to their uh, audiences on social media that have ingredients that are ultimately harmful for the gut, like artificial sweeteners, artificial colors, artificial flavorings. Um, you know, and some people have major food sensitivities, not necessarily allergies, but more sensitivities. They're a lot more subtle, but they still do a lot of damage to certain products like beta casein or whey isolate, things that are in like protein shakes. So they could be consuming these products and ultimately damaging their gut. They just don't know or they're not aware of the signs and symptoms of that. So I saw this big gap in the industry between coaches only talking about macros and exercise and not talking about hormone balancing, gut dysfunction, um, signs and symptoms of all of this. And, and so I really wanted to step into the industry with the personal experience that I had. Um, I dealt with 
eczema. I dealt with cystic acne. I dealt with gut dysfunction, weight gain, hair loss, all of this stuff, and was able to ultimately heal my body um, or at least get myself to a much, much better position now um, through holistic based practices, through watching, uh, you know, paying attention to the food that I was eating, the being ingredient conscious, not just like, you know, eating whatever ultra high processed foods and whatnot, as well as exercise, getting sunshine daily, uh, movement, grounding, mindset work, like all of that stuff. And so I stepped into the fitness industry and I kind of brought it full circle. So what I do with my clients in my practice is I, I call this the my Swolistic Transformation Method. So Swolistic is my company name. It brings together swole, like getting swole, building muscle, and holistic. It brings them together. So I call it the Swolistic Transformation Method. And what you can do is imagine like a, a pyramid, right? So on the bottom level, it's the biggest. You have mindset work. I still focus a lot on mindset work, positive affirmations, digging into, you know, deep core beliefs with my clients to rewrite them. So we start with mindset work. Next, we go up to gut health and we talk about your gut health. You know, do you suffer from skin type issues like eczema or um, cystic acne, stuff like that? That usually is resides from a problem within the gut. So we talk about that. Um, I also offer food sensitivity testing for my one-on-one -on -one clients so that they can figure out what their food sensitivities are and start to heal and repair their gut right away. Moving up at the pyramid, we then have hormones. So I talk a lot about, since most of my clients are women, we talk about the menstrual cycle, uh, the monthly cycle, what hormones are at play, what imbalances look like, the symptoms and signs of those, um, how balanced hormones can just help you throughout the day, have enough energy, be able to go to the gym, how it fluctuates throughout the month. And then at the top of the pyramid, we end with strength training. Muscle health is incredibly important for overall wellness and muscle does not really get talked about in that way. Most people talk about muscle in the form of aesthetics, right? They want to build muscle because they want to look toned or they want to build muscle to you know, to, to do that. And that's fine. Like muscle is, is great. And it, it looks nice aesthetically, but there are actually a lot of underlying health benefits to building muscle. And so that's kind of what my process looks like. So I bring all of this together as a trainer and I partner with other people to kind of fill in the gaps of where maybe my knowledge is lacking, but that's what a holistic approach to fitness looks like for me. I love it. You know what? That was a bundle of information and it was so like it opened up my mind. Like, cause I'll be honest, I, I, what I'm used to thinking of in terms of the gym and all that is, you know, the typical, you know, you'll talk to a trainer. What do they typically say? Eat less, eat more, eat protein. Uh, you gotta be consistent, uh, lift weights, don't lift too much weights, tone a bit, don't, you know, or lift heavy weights, short reps. And that's about as far as the whole, fitness training goes mm -hmm. right so you definitely did open up a whole new door that that analyzes things that's way beyond that because you know what let's be honest there's people out there that can go to the gym they can do all that they change their health like their not health they change their diet they change uh their you know the frequency that they exercise they're they're doing more weights they're following everything and sometimes people still gain weight 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's because what is not that what they're doing is wrong, but because there's an underlying problem that's causing the weight gain that is not relevant to the exercise. Mm-hmm. Right. So you opened up yeah. a whole new channel of things that people can explore and identify and, and things to look at. Right. That yeah. is amazing. That's incredible. And I would have never guessed it. So now I understand what you mean by the holistic part. Yeah. Yeah, I just I really saw where these things were missing, and and yeah, as like a trainer, if you're if you're only focusing on the surface level issues, like okay, so they're working out four to five times a week, they're you know staying on diet and things like that, but they're still not losing weight, or they're not gaining weight, or they're just stuck, or whatever. Again, the only two to three variables that they will play with is well, we need to like you just said, eat less or we need to you know, eat more protein, or we need to drop our carbohydrate intake, or we need to add cardio to your exercise regimen, right? And a lot of times um, that can actually be harmful because working out and exercise is a, is a stress on the body. You might not think about it that way, but it, it is. And our stress hormone, cortisol, will go to work to manage that stress. So if you're working out six, you know, six days a week, just trying to lose weight, you could actually be counteracting your body's natural ability to move to lose weight because your cortisol is kicked in and it's so sky high. And there are other other things that play into like high cortisol levels, but that's just one of them. So in my practice, when I see women who are going to like Orange Theory or F45 or CrossFit six to you know five to six times a week, I'm like, well, no wonder you're having a hard time losing weight because you're doing you know, really, really intense workouts five to six times a week. And your cortisol hormone is probably sky high trying to adjust for the stress and you're not giving your body the proper recovery that it needs. Not to mention most women these days are severely under eating how much they're actually supposed to. And so their body not only doesn't have the energy and the the food and, and, and everything to actually like do all this stuff, but now you have imbalanced hormones. And so, yeah, it, it all just like, it all comes together. And for so long, even just in the health industry itself, we've been treating things separately. Oh, you're having a hormone problem, go see an endocrinologist. Oh, you're having a, you know, a hormone problem or you're having a, um, now I can't think like a gut problem, go see a, a gastroenterologist, right? Like, like we have all these specialists, but no one really brings it full circle. And that's why functional medicine, medicine, naturopathic medicine is such a huge deal because it does bring all of that full circle and it really treats the body as a whole, not in individual parts. Right. See, also brought up another point that nobody talks about, which is the whole point of rest, mm-hmm. right? Everyone thinks, uh, you know, they need to go more and more and more and more and they're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. So... The key thing is what is enough and how like what like what's the the proper amount of exercise versus the amount of the proper amount of rest or does that vary based on the individual? So it's it's definitely going to vary based on the individual. There are a couple things when I take in a one on one client that I look for and kind of address when I'm creating a program for them. I look at their current activity level. Now, if they're completely sedentary and they haven't worked out in like six months or so, and they just struggle, you know, to get movement in daily, I'm obviously not going to put them on a five to six workout per week regimen. Number one, that's setting them up for failure because 
if they can't get their five to six workouts in, then they're just going to get upset with themselves, beat themselves up. Oh, I can't do this. I'm not, I'm not doing well. I can't do this at all. Right. It just is a downward spiral from there. So a lot of times if I have someone who's completely sedentary like that, I'll start them on three days a week for 30 minutes. And I, and I'll say, look, let's start here. Let's do this for a month. And if you can be consistent with that, then we can entertain either going from 30 to 45 minutes per workout, or we can add in another day at 30 minutes. So we just have a lot of different variables to play with when it comes to that. Right, which is a good point. And I'm going to bring up something that might make you you know, laugh or shake your head, not sure which, but uh, we're in December, Christmas is coming, and we know those turkeys and everything else people are going to cook, we know that on a typical day they would eat one plate but because it's a holiday they're gonna have an excuse to eat two plates mm -hmm. and then they're gonna wish they didn't and then they're gonna promise themselves that they're gonna work out twice as hard in january and you know from january 1st to january 15th the gym memberships are gonna skyrocket and therefore i'm sure the inquiries you're gonna get are gonna skyrocket as well mm -hmm. now i know you don't want typically i'm assuming and i'm pretty i think i got a good sense of this you don't want the guys that want to work or girls that want to work out for two weeks and then decide that they're too busy, that you're trying to help them transform a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So how do you conquer that uh, New Year's resolution nonsense that everyone does? And we've all done it, including myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, everyone likes to make fun of people for the new year, the new year, new me type of thing. And honestly, the way I see it is whatever gets you motivated to make change. If that's new year energy, then that's awesome. And I'm proud of you for wanting to make a, a change, right? Um, kind of how I conquer that with my clients is first of all, my one-on-one -on -one programs are six months minimum. So we're going to be working together for six months. We're going to be attached to the hip for six months, whether you like it or not. Now I have had clients who have committed to the six months, but then who have just kind of ghosted me life got in the way, whatever it might be. They've just stopped responding to my messages, stopped doing their workouts. And I've held up my end of the contract by continuing to provide them with workout programs, macros, whatever, right? Like I still am showing up for them on my side, but they've just decided to drop off. And I, that's going to happen. I, you know, life gets in the way and you know, whatever else, I don't judge those people for that happening, but I, at very minimum, work with people one-on-one -on -one for at least six months because I do believe in long-term sustainable changes. And we can't accomplish that, in my opinion. Even sometimes I think six months is not enough time. Like I would almost rather work with someone for at least a year minimum because we're aiming to make big lifestyle changes and that just takes time. But when it comes to things like, I just wanna address like the holidays and every you know fitness coach, nutritionist, you know, someone in the health industry has an opinion on how they handle the holidays. My personal philosophy when it comes to holidays, eating, that kind of thing, my goal at the end of the day is to create awareness with my clients. I want them to be able to show up to a grocery store or to a holiday party and be aware of, you know, am I choosing to overeat? Am I choosing to stop when I'm full? Am I choosing to consume less than ideal ingredients? Am I choosing to consume, you know, ideal ingredients or whatever? All I care about is that my clients are making informed decisions for themselves. So what happens a lot of time is I feel like people just 
are not aware of how much they're eating, how much they're overeating, what they're eating. They just, they don't know any of this stuff. And so they're just going through life kind of on autopilot, especially when it comes to nutrition. And then they wonder how they got to, you know, maybe a less than ideal health, uh, health level or whatever. So what I aim to create is to really educate my clients on this is, you know, these are less than ideal ingredients. This is what it has been proven to do to the body. These are, you know, what I would recommend and nobody's perfect. I never expect perfection from my clients or from myself. Even there are plenty of times where like yesterday I had a a few sips of a Pepsi (laughs) and I've had cookies and I've had lots of sugar and stuff over the holidays I have but I'm informed about those decisions. I'm like, you know what, this is less than ideal, but I'm choosing to you know, consume it anyway. And then it's on me, right, for making that choice. So that's kind of what I aim to do with my clients is just create an awareness of what they're doing, how they're doing it, and maybe provide options and, and suggestions for them to improve on where they are right now. Yeah, see, but the other thing I heard you say here is you also create accountability. It's mm-hmm. indirect. You don't go in and call it accountability, but the steps you take is also a way of forming accountability. Mm-hmm. So, which is amazing. And, that, and, that, and I think that's key to anything you want to do, not just fitness. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you don't take responsibility and account- accountability to yourself, it's easy to give up on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, where I, I kind of, uh, you know, where I disagree and agree at the same time, I agree is and there's no point in shaming it. That's not going to change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that when people uh, disappear or ghost or whatever, I don't think it's uh, life gets in the way as much as it's just not become a priority. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe something else came up that they decided was a bigger priority. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that the priority has changed. Yeah. Right. So it's it's a matter of a, I, th- I think it's all what, what we choose. Right. Yeah. Uh, and again, every choice has a consequence. Right. Mm-hmm. Give up on the health side. You're gonna you pay the consequence for that. Then again, it might have it might be that they have uh, their job changed. Who knows? Maybe the, you know things could have changed where schedules changed, and now all of a sudden, you know they 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 have to choose between working out and going to work. Well, yeah, they just need to get paid too, right? So right, it's a matter. Yeah. You know, it, it is choices, and mm-hmm. and it's a decision that everybody has to make. So with that being yeah. said, I mean uh, now. Every business has a percentage of people that sort of uh, continue along the journey and renew. Mm-hmm. And then there's certain ones that people fall off the bandwagon. What is like, how many, what is your percentage of people that renew versus fall off the bandwagon? And what do you do when people fall off the bandwagon? Do you have a follow up process or, or are they just, you know, gone basically? Um, So when it comes to renewing, um, I basically, anybody who works with me one-on-one, they, they have an opportunity to renew. Now, since I just made the switch to fitness this year, I'm actually coming up on a renewal period for a bunch of people who just, who started with me when I first launched in July. So all of their programs are ending at the end of this month, uh, December when we're recording this. And, um, I, Uh, I probably, I mean, I haven't had anybody actually commit to renew yet. I've had conversations with people, but no one has come to me and actually committed to renew. What I'm expecting is maybe about half of the people that that started with me in July 
um, to now we're still working together at this time, uh, I'm expecting about half of them to want to renew. Um, I have an option for them to do that where they can continue getting all of the same resources from me, you know, at a certain price point or whatever. So I'm expecting about half, but we'll see. I mean, I could be completely wrong. I could only have one person renew. It just, you know, kind of depends. Um, but when it comes to like the people that I have had that have kind of fallen off and, and ghosted me for lack of a better word, um, I, I reach out to them with grace and compassion and I say, hey, you know, I, I totally get that that things have probably come up for you. Uh, I want you to know I don't judge you or I'm not here to shame you in any way whatsoever. I am here for you no matter what, whether you want to take advantage of me or not. You know, they they invested and they paid for that program. And I'm going to hold up my end of the deal by offering them my service through the time of our original contract. So... I, you know, I follow up and I touch base with them probably once a month because I do in my one-on-one -on -one program offer monthly co like coaching calls over Zoom where we talk about, you know, goal set goals for the upcoming month, talk about the goals from the previous month, what worked, what didn't work and kind of course correct and adjust their program from there. So I reach out to them, "Hey, you know, if you want to schedule a call with me, here's the link to do so." Um, but I'm, I'm not like incessantly follow, you know, reaching out to them right. because obviously if they, you know, if this was their priority, if they were choosing to make this their priority, then they would reach back out to me. So it, really all I'm doing is I'm holding up my end of the deal. I'm offering them support and a no shame, no judgment zone. And, you know, the rest is up to them, whether they want to take advantage of it or not. Of course, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink it. Exactly. So with that being said, like you have a monthly campaign, like you send out newsletter information things and stuff like that. Or is, uh, yeah, because you know what, like going back to real estate, right? We have those drip campaigns. But usually mm -hmm. monthly newsletters are one of the things that a lot of people do, right? So it was just yeah. a thought that, it, you know, do you send them out and, you know, sometimes like health tips and stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. I thought so, yeah, people okay. falling off sometimes see that and then they come back, you know, it can be like a year later. Yeah. So I, um, I have like my own, uh, outside of my like client work, I have my own like marketing strategy. Right. So I do have an email newsletter. I, I try to send out something once a week. Um, all of my, you know, all of my clients are on there. Um, once they sign up, sometimes they were already on there and then whatever, but yes. Yeah, so I do have like an email campaign where I send stuff out like once a week or something like that, um, within my actual client group. So once someone invests into my program and they step in, I actually have more exclusive, uh, like I have an exclusive WhatsApp chat with all of my clients. I'm in there every week asking them prompts having them share, you know, their wins, their experiences, what have they been struggling with. Um, and all of my clients are part of that group. So I'm constantly, you know, touching them in, you know, in that way through that chat, as well as I host probably two to three uh, coaching, like group coaching calls over a month. So we get on Zoom, we all talk about, you know, different holistic topics like hormones, um, ingredients, you know, things like that. That's kind of that education piece. And then I also have guest speakers come on to those calls as well. Like last week I had a physical therapist come on and talk about pelvic floor and core strength and things like that. 
So my the clients that are part of the group, whether again, whether they want to participate or not, they have access to all of this stuff while we are working together, while we are in under contract with each other for that certain amount of time. Whether they capitalize on it, again, is, is completely up to them. But yeah, I, I do just try to stay top of mind with them um, and just offer them a space where when they're ready or when the priority, when they're ready to make it the, that priority, then I'm here for them. Makes sense, love that. Now, with that being said, I'm gonna have uh, two more questions before I get into what I call the lightning round. <laughs> cool. So second last question is, how do you know you've had a successful day? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I feel like if I know I've had a successful day, I have probably been able to positively impact someone in some capacity, whether it is for a client that I'm working with, like we're specifically working together and they maybe had a breakthrough or they shared a specific win with me or something. Uh, that's one way. The other way is through probably my social media. Uh, I'm really active on social media. That's where I try and glean and lead generate the most. And so being able to build relationships with people on social media and just if they reach out to me and they're like, hey, like I went to the gym because of you or, you know, your story's really inspiring or something you said on your stories today really resonated with me. Um, you know, being able to hear that and just kind of directly yet indirectly impact somebody, I feel like is a really good sign of I'm on the right track. I'm sharing the right stuff. I'm, you know, being vulnerable and authentic and people are resonating with what I have to say. And so that, that I feel like is a big sign of, of if I have had a successful day or not. Fantastic. <laughs> Last but not least, where do people find you? So Instagram is, is going to be the best place. Uh, my handle is Miss MS Jesse Lockhart. That's where I am most active, but I do have YouTube and TikTok, and I am on Facebook, Jesse Lockhart as well. So Instagram is always the best place. Um, that's actually how I uh, end up, you know, getting to work with people is you can send me a, a message on Instagram and we can talk back and forth. I don't really like to do sales calls because I think it's just a big, you know, a time waster, to be honest, I'd rather split it up into, you know, uh, messages back and forth on Instagram. It's a lot more casual. And I feel like people are a lot more open to that. So Instagram is definitely the best place. Awesome. 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 So going into the lightning round is going to be just some uh, fun questions that uh, just get to know more about you on a personal level. Sure. So first question is my favorite. What is your favorite food? I think that's going to be interesting because of the line of work. <laughs> my favorite food. I mean, people, you know, people might find this surprising, but I mean, I love pizza. Pizza is probably my, my all time favorite food. Is it like, can you make a really healthy pizza? Sure. But you can also have really unhealthy pizza. So just kind of that yours is probably closer to the unhealthy than healthy. It's probably right in the middle somewhere, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Most people are like that. I, I love pizza, too. Mine's like yeah. pepperoni mushroom. Yep. <laughs> sometimes green peppers, but sometimes pineapple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite vacation spot? Anywhere tropical. Uh, I love putting my feet in the sand. Um, there's actually a lot of really big health benefits to, like, seeing water, being in salt water, having your feet in the sand. 
Um, we recently, uh, last month in November, actually visited Cancun, Mexico for the first time, my husband and I, and that was a really, really beautiful spot. But uh, we've also been to Hawaii. So really anywhere tropical with an ocean and a beach. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You know what? I heard the, the same thing about the feet in the sand and all that. I think somebody called it being connected to earth, but mm -hmm. I kind of half listened. But anyways, um, yeah. that's interesting. Uh, third question is favorite book. Oh, favorite book. That's a hard one because I have so many of them. Like I've read so many good books. Um, if I had to pick one though, one that I feel like has had a really large impact on my life in general has been the You Are a Badass book by Jen Sincero. Right, um, right. Yeah, she, I, and especially the You Are a Badass at Making Money book. Both of those books have been really largely impactful to me in my life and really just helping me kind of harness like the energy around me, how I speak about things, how I think about things. And, and so it, those, those two books have been really, really impactful. Interesting. Now, next thing is the favorite podcast. Uh, this is going to sound, I mean, some people might judge me for it or whatever. I'm a huge uh, uh, fan of the office, the TV show, the office. And oh, okay. Um, there's a podcast called Office Ladies, which is actually where two of the main cast members, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, are doing a rewatch of the entire series. So they'll watch an episode and then they'll break it down in a podcast episode where they share, you know, uh, facts about the episode, behind the scenes stories, things like that. And so that's kind of my big guilty pleasure. I look forward to it every single week um, just because I love that show so much. <laughs> Hey, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's it's a nice break for me too. Sometimes, like I always, as an entrepreneur, I feel like I should always be learning and growing, right? And so I feel a lot of pressure to listen to educational podcasts or listen to audiobooks or things like that. And and while that is important to constantly be learning and growing as a small business owner, I also am a huge proponent of do what makes you happy too. Like, don't forget to schedule in like your joy, right, or your happiness and. That podcast absolutely brings me joy and happiness every week. <laughs> Fantastic. And now my final question, which is going to be a little bit unique, <laughs> is if you had unlimited amount of money and only 48 hours to spend it, the catch is you get to keep whatever you spend and whatever you don't spend gets taken back. What would you do? Great question. My husband, my husband and I actually talk about like, what if we won the lottery or whatever all the time? So the first thing is I would probably pay off like all of our debts and, um, you know, just kind of set ourselves up for that. I would also look into investments for myself and my husband. And, um, and then once we've kind of taken care of ourselves, which might sound selfish to somebody, but I think once we, and this is kind of my whole idea behind health and everything is when we take care of ourselves first, then we can turn around and better help other people. So the same, this, this follows the exact same philosophy. I would take care of myself and my husband first by paying off our debts and setting ourselves up for some investments as well as making additional investments and that kind of thing. And then I would turn around and I would look outward 
Like, is there a family member or family members who need help from us or can we help them? Or are there organizations where we could donate money to and help good causes and things like that? So that's kind of what, I mean, that's what I would do 100%. Which is awesome. See, I asked it that way because if I said, if you won the lottery, like you would say, like you said, or if you had a million dollars, $2 million, yeah. right? What ends up happening is you get the answers. Oh, I'd buy a Ferrari. I'd pay off my mortgage and um, I'd take a long vacation. And what ends up happening is a lot of the times that the materialistic answers come out where it has no substance to it. But then when you see somebody later on in life and they do end up putting that away, they did everything but what they said, mm -hmm. right? So it's because what happens is when you get a spot and you get a limited amount of money, like 1 million, and all of a sudden your mind's wandering. You're like, oh, I got to get, I got to spend it on something. Right? Yeah. And then people just come out with fictitious things of what they think they should say. Where mm -hmm. the way I word it, it gets you to search inside yourself and say, well, what do I really want? Mm -hmm. Right? And you get the kind of the real answer. So that's why I did it that way. And I sense some a little bit of guilt when you said, "Oh, it's gonna, somebody's going to think I'm a little selfish," and right because it's almost like you felt guilty there. But the reality of it is, we all go through that, and it's one of those things that. And I agree with your principle there, a hundred percent, that you're of no use to anyone if you can't help yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I mean, it's like being on the plane and the and the, and the masks come down. Yeah. If you mm -hmm. you know, yeah, sure, the person next to you, you want to help them, but if you faint before you get the mask on them, then you're both gone. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's yep. the same kind of principle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I believe in that, you know, when it comes to health, like women are so often to put themselves on the back burner when it comes to their health, making time for exercise or eating well. And they're so focused on everybody else, including, you know, their employees or their clients. And they so, you know, are, it's so difficult for them to turn around and take care of themselves. But in my experience, and I'm sure in, if you asked any of my clients, the fact that they've been able to put themselves first has only made them a better wife, a better mom, a better business owner, entrepreneur, you know, however you want to word it. So yeah, I'm glad that resonates with you because that's what I absolutely live by. <laughs> yeah. And that's true, right? It, 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 nobody can really dispute the truth. I mean, people yeah. can deny it. You can't dispute it. Mm -hmm. So love that. Absolutely. Jesse, thank you so very, very much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a, a joy for sure. Absolutely. I loved it. If you like what you see and you want to get more episodes, subscribe to the link below.